That was popular Afghan singer Ahmad Wali. 
My name is Barb Bizzik, and I'll be with you for the next um, hour and a half. And we'll have about three hours of music featuring Ahmad Wali and Afghan music. Uh, I'm from the World Music Institute. I think you've heard me on the program before. We're with Kofi Pendergrass here at WBAI Radio. The World Music Institute, uh, as many of you listeners out there know, has a connection with WBAI Radio. We've been working with WBAI Radio and co-sponsoring a series called African Heritage Music. Uh, most of those uh, concerts have been taking place in Greenwich Village at the Washington Square Church. And we've had a, a really a very fine series of which one of our... Uh, concerts just took place this past Saturday evening, which featured uh, music from the Dominican Republic in Puerto Rico, which was nearly a sellout concert. Um, WMI uh, is a not-for-profit concert-presenting organization. Uh, we feature music specifically from ethnic uh, traditions and popular music, popular music and dance. And uh, the World Music Institute has uh, taken upon itself to sponsor Ahmad Wali, uh, Afghanistan's foremost popular uh, singer. This season, he will be presented on March 20th at the Colden Center at Queens College at uh, 8.30 p.m. In addition, we are presenting him in two other locations. Now, the World Music Institute is still a small and growing organization, uh, and we have sponsored musicians on occasion. In this case, we, we decided to take special care, and we, we wanted to extend ourselves a, a little overextend ourselves in this case, uh, simply because there is a cause behind this, and that is half of the proceeds for this concert, as well as one that is taking place in Washington and one in Los Angeles, 50% uh, of those proceeds will go to the International Rescue Committee for relief of Afghan refugees in Pakistan. And what I would like to do is, is uh, play a bit more uh, music of Ahmad Wali in, in order to interest um, some of your uh, listeners in coming out to the concerts. And, uh, but I think before I do that, uh, what I would like to do is introduce some guests that we have here in the studio. Uh, in the studio with me today is our co-sponsor, Mark Ginsberg, who is a private citizen uh, who has had for, for a long time a, a great interest in Afghanistan, in Afghan music, and also in the, the situation. Uh, I'd like to introduce Mark. Hi, and I'd like to introduce um, two friends of mine. One is Ataula Sadik, who's been helping us with the Virginia concert, and in fact all of the concerts, and who's been doing all our translating and everything else. And also Farhad Sunil, who is um, a student here in New York, and uh, he's from Afghanistan as well. And uh, he is also a musician, and he has sort of curated um, a few hours worth of uh, music from Afghanistan, from all parts of Afghanistan. And we have a selection now, which is what, Farhad? Uh, um, the song that we're about to play is, is done by Kamar Gul. It's a woman singer from Afghanistan uh, who has been singing for uh, over 30 years in Kabul and around. Yeah. 
Hi, I'm Barb Bizik, and I'm from the World Music Institute. We're here uh, featuring music of Afghanistan. And what we've decided this morning is that we would give you uh, regional examples of traditional and popular music from Afghanistan to sort of set the stage for Ahmad Wali, who has taken these uh, traditional musics and fused them into a popular form of Afghan music. Uh, with me today is a musician, Farad. Uh, Farad, can you tell us a little bit about the piece of music that we just heard? Um, what we just heard um, was a Pashto song uh, done by Kamar Gul. Um, it's uh, a folkloric song, song uh, uh, from the east uh, part of Afghanistan. Uh, and it's about uh, her and her love for the country. This was a song uh, that meant how much she likes um, her country and she cares for it. Would people be dancing to this music? I don't think so. It's a uh, folkloric song. Mm -hmm. Tell me what the instrument was that we were listening to. Uh, there was a harmonium, um, a doll, a rabab, and I think there was also some another instrument called dilrabah that's, uh, that was there, I think. Can you describe... Uh, I've heard harmonium before. I've never heard it quite that loud. Um, the sound is, is really, it's an incredible sound. It's sort of like a squeeze box, is it yeah, not? Yeah, this is this is uh, a clear sound uh, from a harmonium. Um, it's very usual uh, in the east part of Afghanistan. Uh, a harmonium is um, actually uh, just like a keyboard, except that you play it. Uh, um, it needs air. It gets air by... by uh, it's a, a bellows instrument. So it's like an accordion almost. It's yeah, almost like an accordion, except. Mm. Yeah. And a rebab, uh, from what I understand, is a, is a fiddle-type instrument. Is it a stringed instrument? Is that...? Yeah, it's a stringed instrument, but it's not bowed. It's plucked and, uh, in, or strung or right. hit like a guitar. Except it has many more is strings. It? How many strings would a rebab have? How many strings does a rebab have? Six main. Those may be just main strings, but there are many more strings, like 14 mm -hmm. or something. Yeah. And your instrument, Farad, you're, you're an instrumentalist as well. What, what do you perform? I play a little harmonium, uh, guitar, a little bit. And do you sing as well? Yes, I do sing and I compose songs. Now, you've been here in America for... For five years. For five years. And you came directly from Afghanistan? Oh, I came from uh, uh, Afghanistan to India and then from India to the United States of America. I see. And in, was this a matter of choice for you, or were you here for study, or...? Um, uh, first, um, well, the reason I left Afghanistan was uh, was because of the... Um, this... Uh, we were in university and when, uh, in 1979 when uh, all these uh, recent events happened in Afghanistan. We had to leave, sort of. We, um, classes were closed, and... Uh, uh, no, it wasn't a choice. It was a matter of um, need to leave. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Now, uh, you're not you're not alone in this, <laughs> in the sense that, uh, from what I understand, the refugee problem in Afghanistan is is overwhelming. I was just amazed at the the numbers of people that leave on a yearly basis. Um, of course, the refugee problem dates back from the Soviet invasion of Afghanistan in, in 1979, and that's what you were referring to. Is that is that correct when you that's said these recent events? That's right. In 1979, you, you ended up leaving. Um, of the approximately 16 million Afghans in the country in 1980, an estimated 1 million 
apparently have been killed or starved to death, and between four and five million Afghans have fled. An estimated 6,000 to 8,000 Afghans cross the border into Pakistan every month. That's an amazing number. I mean, I can't even conceive how many people that is. Uh, uh, one of the United Nations High Commission has said of the refugee problem in Afghanistan that there are now 2.7 million registered Afghan refugees living in Pakistan's 380-odd camps, and that several hundred thousand more are unregistered and living by their own means. Um, part of what the World Music Institute is committed to doing is, uh, is trying to create a situation whereby we can not only um, help the Afghans in this country feel that their tradition is alive. If it's not alive in Afghanistan, then it can be alive for the refugees here in the United States. Well, that's a that's an interesting point. I mean, Atta or Farhad, do you, is, do you feel the tradition is alive in Afghanistan now? If Ahmad Wali is living in Bonn and, uh, and other singers are here from Afghanistan who are in exile in California and Virginia and New York, I mean, are, are there people left there to really carry on the traditions? Are they able to sing openly, from what you understand? Well, as far as I'm concerned, uh, the great musician of Afghanistan, due to the Soviet invasion and illegitimate occupation, has left the country. But still, as far as traditional values is concerned, the Afghan nation is obligated in, inside Afghanistan. Some musician, artist, uh, teachers to keep the traditional values alive. But one of the Soviet aim is to Sovietize uh, the Afghan children and they're trying to doctorian or brainwash the children and th therefore they take the children to the Soviet Union to, to and also, as Leyland said, uh, the, the only way they could conquer a nation is uh, to to change the cultural values, the norms and beliefs of the culture. Therefore, uh, they are trying to uh, destroy the tradition, the culture of Afghanistan. But uh, as far as the freedom fighters is concerned, we are standing very strongly to keep the traditional inside Afghanistan and outside of Afghanistan. But uh, how, did, how did that actually happen? I mean, when you were in school, um, were the texts changing? Were um, the kind of music that was being broadcast? The radio was, was principally Radio Afghanistan, right? Yes. So it's, it's government control, is it not? So then they would really have, could really have an impact on anything that's broadcast, anything that's taught in school. It could all sort of change its color pretty quickly then. Yes, they have changed the academic uh, curriculum of education in Afghanistan and as well as the music and they, they're trying to play the music of Central Asia, which is Tajiki, which you could see in the music in Afghanistan, especially the youngster musician of Afghanistan play lately. Mm -hmm. But still, uh, the music, uh, the traditional music of Afghanistan is alive. If we have a very popular musician inside Afghanistan yet, which is... Uh, anti-communist, but they could not present it because of the Soviet uh, cruel and unhumanitarian behaviors. Mm -hmm. Let's ask Farad uh, next, what will we be listening to? What type of music is, is next on our agenda? Mm, um, the song that's coming is uh, by, uh, done by Sarah Hang, a much popular singer in Afghanistan, a classic singer actually, uh, who was uh, respected by many people in Afghanistan. Now, when you speak about classic, do you mean 
classic as opposed to traditional, or what is it? it what sort of distinctions it, are made between traditional music or folk music and popular music? Uh, uh, and classical and music. classical music. I mean, well, Sarhang's music is um, um, Indian classical uh, originated. Uh, it's uh, the real um, Indian classical skills, uh, while mm, folkloric music and popular music are very much done in Kabul. Uh, it's uh, um, a much more rhythmic kind of singing, uh, with uh, but using the same skills might as well. I see. Well, the one thing I would like to add is. Uh, uh, with the confirmation what he said is the classical music of Afghanistan the music in that region is very similar to India and Afghanistan and Pakistan and there are some ragas which Saranga singed which is uh, belonging to Afghanistan and had been played in Afghanistan for thousands of years so the traditions yes. have, have spread in that area right. well the traditions would have come down they would have started in the north right, and been brought down to India um, by the Moguls right. is that right. So you could lay claim to the origins of uh, classical Indian, Indian music. Classical music. Yeah. Interesting. Let's listen to a little music.
Back at WBAI Radio, my name is Barb Bizik from the World Music Institute, and I have in the in the studio with me, aside from our great engineer Kofi, uh, Mark Ginsberg, uh, Atasadik, and Farad, who is a, a traditional and popular Afghan musician resident here in New York. And uh, what have we just been listening to, Ata? Can you give us a, an idea of, of the type of music we've been listening to? Yes, the song uh, by Sarang, the poetry was by Bedel, the most popular uh, uh, Dari uh, poet of Afghanistan. Dari being uh, a language similar to Farsi, right? Yes. And uh, the, uh, it's a very deep philosophy of uh, Sufism, which was uh, like if you get rid of desire, you could reach uh, the oneness of God. And uh, that's as far as I could... Uh, go ahead and it was kind of complicated uh, i have uh, just a, a, a sentence to to uh, to say uh, what this song uh, is saying uh, um, it's like a straightforward meaning of a song but not quite what it says uh, I, I quit wishing at all living became easier what i did though is by working hard um, i turned this cage into a garden full of flowers uh-huh. Now, this, this, of course, who, who would be listening to um, Sarahang? Is this something, again, that would be broadcast, or would we have it um, played in, in somebody's house? Or, or is this really the music um, listened to by the most educated people in Afghanistan? Uh, Sarang is well known in entire Afghanistan, and all the Afghans uh, from all classes and social classes are listening to Sarahang, and he was uh, well known for his... Uh, music in Afghanistan uh, for classical, traditional folklores and all music. 
You said was. Is he still in Afghanistan? He, he, he has passed away. Ah, oh, I see. And also I understand that he was a very popular um, musician in India and that he had won several awards there and uh, they almost treated him uh, as, as one of them. Is that correct? Yes, uh, and uh, he was one of the f most uh, popular musicians even in India. He received the rewards from Sartaji Musiqi, which was like a king of music, and uh, he brought all this... Uh, Pride to Afghan Afghan nation, and it was well known in that region, Pakistan, the subcontinent of Asia. Mm -hmm. mm. And then one one note we should we should tell the listeners about the uh, the quality of these recordings. Um, tapes come out of Afghanistan every which way. They're sent through the mails. They're they're shoved into um, a minimal supply of clothing and and letters and whatever else that somebody who's fleeing a country might take with them. And um, as Afghans love their music, the uh, cassettes often get very high priority. And uh, otherwise, they're sold in, in bazaars in Pakistan, where, as we said, there are some three million Afghan refugees. And uh, they're also to be found here in, in uh, places where Afghans shop, and also in Indian stores in Queens and in in Brooklyn and as well as the Afghan communities in Los Angeles and Virginia. Can I ask you just a, a, a moment, how old was that recording that we were listening to and, and do you, can you tell me how you came to have the tape? Yes, uh, this was uh, approximately 12 years old and uh, one thing I would like to add is uh, Sarang was a very patriotic uh, uh, musician of Afghanistan. Uh, one of the motives to is that might uh, could be accounted as a psychological pressure with the Soviet. He was very anti-Soviet uh, and communist, and therefore he was under pressure, and uh, therefore he had a heart attack and he died in Afghanistan. Yeah. At, at what age, approximately? Seventies. Seventies. Okay. I do not remember exactly. Right. And Farhad, what's the next piece of music that we're going to hear? Oh, it's. Uh it's a melody, it's, uh, it's an instrumental done by uh, a very popular rubber player in Afghanistan uh, named uh, Omar, Ustad Muhammad Omar, and Joel played by Gul um, Alam. Okay. Thank you. 
You're listening to WBAI Radio. I'm Bara Bizik from the World Music Institute, and we're listening to music from Afghanistan. Farad, uh, could you tell us a little bit about the piece that we just heard? Yes, uh, the song says, you're always with me and a part of me, just as are my soul and my heart. But that's the way, but that's the, way the song starts and carries on. Uh, it, this song is composed by uh, Shah Wali Wali, a very... Uh, good composer who the world music uh, institute has, has had two concerts with uh, he now lives here in in new york city and he uh, was also as many of the singers he was forced to leave the country as well he was a very leading songwriter there rather than singer but um, he does have a very beautiful voice as well so this was a, a love song, in essence, right? Is that this was a love song, yes. Is that what's commonly called a ghazal, you say? Um, could be, but not, not necessarily. Not uh, necessarily a ghazal. Um, um, a love song. Mm-hmm. And what, what language was that? In Farsi. That was in Farsi. One thing that you could say that uh, before the invasion, you see all the writers of the song, they were talking about love, beauty and all this. After the invasion, the, the psychology and the, of these singers have changed. Now they talk about tears, blood and crisis. And now he's writing a, 
songs for very revolutionary songs for the nation of Afghanistan for the atrocities of Soviet Union and humanitarian activities of Soviet and uh, the situation in Afghanistan. But is that true with uh, most of the singers here as well at all? I mean, are, are the concerts that you go to of uh, Afghan singers in the th three main communities in the United States, are the songs that are sung mostly revolutionary? Yes. Mm -hmm. They all. Tell me a little bit about uh, the, uh, the one comment that was made by uh, someone who called into our office at the World Music Institute was why why is this being presented at Colden Center? I mean, why not here in Manhattan? And I think that Mark has the answer answer to that. Well, it, it, that was an interesting decision for um, for the World Music Institute to make because uh, I think the apart from the raising of money that we hope this concert will do, really a, a, a major priority was to make it convenient for Afghans to attend because, in fact, Ahmad Wali means much more to them than he, than he does to, to any of us, to, to any non-Afghan. And uh, Colton Center is very central for them because the community is based largely in Queens and in Brooklyn and uh, numbers about 6,000, although there's no real count because the different Afghans get here with, under many different auspices and no one agency is, is really counting. And uh, as far as the World Music Institute is concerned, I think it's the first, first time they've ever been at Colton Center. It's an enormous place. And uh, we hope that, um, that a lot of Afghans will come, but also... We understand that probably not that many Manhattanites will come. Not that many people um, who might have an interest in the music will necessarily make the effort to um, to get to Colden Center, which is a given. It's just a fact, and uh, Colden Center knows that. We know that, and, and it's a pity because uh, this is a situation that will be hard to resolve in the future. I think in uh, in part the World Music Institute's um, decision to do that, as Mark said, was was monetary. It's cheaper for us to to uh, um, to work sometimes in remote locations, um, and we felt that probably eighty five to ninety percent of our of our audience will be <clears throat> Afghans, Persians, or Indians, uh, all of whom have uh, representative. Uh, pockets in Queens in the boroughs. Um, I think what's most important to us is that you listeners, even if you can't perhaps make the concert yourself, that you pass the word for us. The only uh, way that we're really advertising this is through the Indian newspapers, the Afghan newspapers and the Persian newspapers, some on radio. Uh, we're hoping to, uh, you know, get some press from uh, the Manhattan newspapers as well, who've, who have, I must, I must say, been very good to us. The World Music Institute is a, a young organization, only operating now for about two years, but we have uh, have uh, managed to get quite a bit of press behind us in, in what we're trying to do. We not only present concerts of... of uh, uh, Eastern, Far Eastern, Middle Eastern, and uh, Near Eastern music, but we present music from all 
over the world. And uh, if you wish to get on our mailing list, I urge you to call our office at 206-1050, and we'll put you on our mailing list for our upcoming calendar. Um, but for those of you who will make the effort to come out to Colden Center, you know, you are in your own way supporting uh, what is a humanitarian effort. Um, half the proceeds, as I said, will go to Afghan uh, to the International Rescue Committee, which is uh, was created in the 1930s and has been carrying on tremendous work in several countries, uh, providing food, clothing, and shelter and medical uh, help and supplies. Uh, <clears throat> Afghanistan is one of their main focuses. Uh, As it's the largest the largest refugee population in in the world right now is the Afghans and. In Pakistan alone, there's some three million, and then Iran, perhaps a million, and then uh, a number are scattered throughout Europe and, and the U.S. Um, so we do hope that you will uh, try to make the, the effort to come out to Colden Center. And what you will find, let's just describe the the concert aside from from Ahmad Wali. He, he is a singer and a harmonium player. Uh, he will be uh, accompanied... He'll be accompanied by uh, Chetram Sani, who is an Afghan living in in New York, who has accompanied many of the great singers of Afghanistan in Afghanistan. And he will play dole, which is a drum found in India and Afghanistan. It's, it's a two-headed drum. And uh, he will be accompanied by another drummer as well on tablas, which is Indian drums, named Abdullah Etemadi, and Etemadi used to play. Uh, I think uh, is that right for Ahmad Zaire? Right. And but he used to play um, jazz drums. I'm told. And uh, so that's the, basically the group. There's also a, a tambura player um, who also lives in Germany, and his name is Weiss Schorhengaz, and uh, they will be preceded by a duet of tabla and. Rabab, an instrument we heard earlier, and uh, there will be no vocals on on that that interlude. Um, it's probably also worth mentioning an unfortunate statistic, which is the fact that, as far as we know, or any of the Afghan relief committees, or the International Rescue Committee, that this is the f really the first kind of event of any scale, uh, public performance. Let's say on behalf of Afghan refugees here in the United States. Europe has a much, much better track record than we do. Wali has sung various concerts throughout Europe that have raised significant amounts of money for relief organizations for the Afghan refugees. Unfortunately, Afghanistan has not been discovered by the Bob Geldorfs of the world. Um, there's no been Afghan aid. Um, no refugee aid for that part of the world, and it's astonishing in a way. But but um, we hope that this will set a precedent um, and will attract people to the cause, mm -hmm. if not to the music. Yeah, and to to give you some idea, if indeed we can um, e even even do reasonably well at these three halls. The three halls I'm speaking of are Colden Center on in Queens on March 20th at 8.30, at the T.C. Williams High School in Alexandria, Virginia on April 3rd, and uh, at UCLA's Wadsworth Theater in Los Angeles on, uh, on uh, March 27. 
if we can at least do reasonably well, uh, it, it turns over into American dollars of anywhere from thirty to to $50,000. And just to give people some idea of what that aid would mean, what would... I would say, I don't know, offhand multiply that by seven, you know, uh-huh. or eight, in terms of the, the value of the dollar in that part of the world, mm-hmm. and um, the cost of rice and oil for cooking and sugar and, and flour for bread, you know, mm-hmm. these, which is what this would really be buying, is just staples, you yeah. know, and as well as medical supplies. Yeah, so we're not we're not just we're not talking about a minute uh, amount of money with you know in, with regard to what it means to to a person who is uh, who is a refugee in Pakistan. It's a it's a considerable amount of money. Right, and I, I you know in in organizing this concert, I mean, one thing that we all um, we all heard several times is well, how do you know that the money is not? I don't want my money going to buy guns and weapons and this kind of thing. And uh, regardless of who's, who it's for, and uh, this was a song that was often heard. And uh, we did take great care to uh, be specific about where the proceeds um, were to go. And um, the International Rescue Committee has had a great deal of experience in that part of the world. And they send representatives to Pakistan and are directly involved with the medical supplies and the actual provisions of food. In a very low-key way, they work through other organizations that are um, very effective, small, numerous small organizations. They are not kind of a, a mammoth uh, organ that has outlets in all of these parts of the world. They work very much... Uh, with the population at hand and mm. extremely inconspicuously but very effectively. Yeah, I should also mention that uh, we were to have an IRC, an International Rescue Committee representative here today, Roy... Roy Williams. Roy and Williams. He had come back from Pakistan last week and then he was here for a few days and then went on to Khartoum, mm. which has problems of its own. And yes. And I suppose he'll be on a plane shortly. Yeah, and that's one when we say a direct sort of a, a they have direct input and direct overseeing. What he's doing in the Sudan is is looking at the operation, making sure that the monies that are are being generated and sent over are being used for the for the proper reasons. I mean, uh, it's a it's a necessary. It's a necessary step in in moving monies from one country to another that someone be responsible for for us for this, and we do have placed our trust in in IRC, and their track record is is phenomenal. One thing, the financial assistance to the Afghan refugee would not be only accounted; it's also a spiritual, uh, a moral support to the Afghan, which indicates that the community of mankind is responsible to each other. They feel obligated to assist those who need it, who need uh, to receive it. So mm. it I happen. think that's a very good point, and I would have to say that um, I will be looking for our American brothers and sisters in the audience at Colden Center and at UCLA and in Alexandria because I think that your presence there will really mean a lot to the Afghans who are here, and for especially for the performer who who is is coming over as a special special event to do this. I mean, it is certainly spiritually uplifting to realize that, you know, not only uh, are we trying to to raise money, but we support you and we are visible 
and we are visibly supporting you. And in fact, if 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 <laughs> if we don't show up, then who will be there? There will be probably 99% Afghan refugees in the audience um, supporting uh, other Afghan refugees. Yeah. And, uh, uh, one other thing that we, uh, we as a human and the community of mankind, we should know what's going on around the world. And this is uh, Ahmad Wali will illustrate or demonstrate uh, the cultural values that we need to exchange and the norms and beliefs that we m there must be understanding between nations and between the peoples of the different nations from the different areas and uh, continent, uh, which uh, it will be also very helpful for those who want to understand the psyche of the Afghans in exile mm -hmm. and what's the desire of them for the independence of Afghanistan mm -hmm. and uh, all these things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, once again, I invite you to call in. <clears throat> we will take your questions and, and listen to your comments. Um, please be directed in your questions. We are, have only another hour on the air, and we have plenty of music to play, but we certainly would like to hear from you. Please call at 279-3400-WBAI, 279-3400. Now let's go to a little bit of music. Uh, what do we have up next? Uh, we're going to play two songs in a row. Um, the first song is done by Omar Shakib, um, a young singer from Afghanistan who uh, now lives in Queens. And the song is called... Uh, uh, but we will talk about a song once we've heard it and the second song is done by his wife by Moshikib's wife whose name is Parisa Marcel and it's titled Kabul
My apologies to the one caller who, who had to hang up for waiting through the music. I'm, I thank you for staying on the line. I take the first call now. This is WBAI Radio. You're on the air. Hello? Oh, hello. Hi. Hi. I'm fascinated by your program, and I love this music. Uh, however, I somehow missed the ad address and time of this coming concert. So oh, thank you. Call your listeners slowly. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you for, for calling in, and it gives me an excuse to announce it once again. We're talking about Ahmad Wali, uh, the Afghan popular singer who is a refugee in Germany. He is making his debut here in the United States, sponsored by the World Music Institute in cooperation with Mark Ginsberg. Uh, he is performing at Colden Center in Queens College on Friday, March 20th, this Friday night at 8.30 p.m. Uh, there is plenty of parking available. You can take the LIE to exit 24 at Kissina Boulevard or take the IRT number 7 to Main Street, then the Q25 to 34 bus. Any way that you can get to Queens College, uh, you'll be able to see this show. Um, I do thank you for calling in. We also have, uh, if you have relatives or friends in Washington, D.C., there is a concert on April 3rd at the T.C. Williams High School in Alexandria, Virginia, and at uh, UCLA, uh, Wadsworth Theater at, uh, on uh, March 27. I hope that answers your, your question, and thank you for calling in. Do we have another call? Hello, WBAI Radio, you're on the air. Oh, hello. Um, I'm really sorry I didn't tune in earlier, but I'm at work, and I can only tune in at certain times, and I really didn't hear too much of the political discussion in terms of the um, singers that are on your show, the people on your show's point of view in terms of Afghanistan today. Mm -hmm. I didn't understand. Are they supporting the um, what are what are called rebels that are supported by the U.S. CIA and for the movement to move things backward in Afghanistan? Okay, let, let me explain something, uh, and this is something I want to make very, very clear. What we're talking about here is a three-concert series uh, in the United States by Ahmad Wali, who happens to be a refu refugee from Afghanistan. It's sponsored by the World Music Institute. We are, are Half of these proceeds will be going to the International Rescue Committee, for the relief of Afghan refugees in Pakistan, and that means food, clothing, and shelter, and medical supplies for these people. Um, this is not a political venture for us. 
Uh, it is a humanitarian venture. It is our way of reaching out to help citizens of another country who are much less fortunate than us. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that everyone in this room has their own political views and that, of course, all the listeners out there have their own political views about uh, the situation in Afghanistan as well as all over the world. But our object, in essence, is to provide uh, humanitarian... It is a humanitarian venture. We want to, to try to generate funds that will be lead directly to relief of, of the refugee problem, uh, food, shelter, and clothing. Without, and in other words, nothing political is going to be raised. No, it's, it's, um, the money is not going to Afghanistan. It's going to the refugee population in Afghanistan, which is um, oh, about I would 3 be million people. I wondering what your guest's point of view is, if they'd be willing to share it. Yeah, Atar, would you like to speak? Uh, to yes, before. So I can listen. Sure. Okay. Uh, she mentioned the word of rebels. Before I go to discussion, I would like to tell you that they are freedom fighters and they are fighting for the independence and self-determination of Afghanistan against the invaders. They are not rebels. They are not uh, creating crisis in Afghanistan. They are fighting for their own independence, national right for self-determination. Uh, and we are very supportive of them and we are fighting for the same cause. Okay, now when you, when you say we... Uh, you mean the, Af the Afghans the here community in, in, in the community? In the, in the United States, in the refugees all over the right. world. Right, but I want to reiterate that what you are coming out to see at Colden Center is a concert. You're coming out to hear the music of Afghanistan by one of Afghans, uh, Afghanistan's most popular performers. And uh, my object, or one's object, for coming out to Colden Center ought to be I want to hear some great music, music that I can't can't hear anywhere else music that's never been presented here in this country and uh and and it's also on top of that i i feel that i want to make my support for my brothers and sisters who are starving to death in pakistan and have no clothing and so on if i know that my ticket will help buy someone a bowl of rice that is an added uh, an added impetus for me to come out to colden center this is um WBAI, you're on the air. Hello? Hello? Hello, you're on the air. Oh, okay. Um, I'm from India, and I'd like to ask the Afghan gentleman a question, which is, uh, before the Russian invasion, didn't they sort of prepare the defense against foreigners? Uh, I do not know what do you mean by foreigners. <laughs> you know, the different, your, you know, bordering countries. And Russia is right on the north, right? Uh, uh, as far as uh, the documents is concerned, Russia has no justification for the invasion, and they are trying to justify their illegitimate occupation by saying there was a foreigner interference into the cause of Afghanistan. But as an Afghan, as an eyewitness observation, as uh, I lived, I was there in, at the time of invasion. There's no foreigners. The fighting is going on between the Soviets and the Afghan nation. Mm -hmm. does, that, does that answer your question? Uh, not quite. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I, I heard a question in there also that um, in, uh, he said, were you, were you prepared? I mean, why, if, you, if you saw it <coughs> coming, is there a way you could have been more prepared for the coup? You know, more exactly, because they should have learned a lesson from uh, 
India because in 1963 or 62 we were invaded by China and you know we just got our independence and they were trying to take advantage of our weakness so you know I mean I mean Atal was was there a certain weakness were they particularly vulnerable in um, Kabul let's say well the, they had some puppets in Afghanistan which they could not uh, overthrow the government of Afghanistan and the, there's a direct invasion as a, an illegitimate occupation and and as you know in 1979 the with the presence of uh, 120,000 uh, soldiers they came and invaded Afghanistan and Nah, you might, you you know this thing. Yeah. I think that it's it's probably just a, a function of having a, such it's a, a military strong, uh, yeah. It's invasion. a military invasion, and yeah. you're talking about a military invasion of a of a major superpower against right. a, a very small nation. And I, uh, mean, I mean, in fact, how prepared could yeah, that how could prepare exactly? Yeah. I'm sorry. We'll have to take the uh, the next call, please. Thank you for calling in. WBAI, you're on the air, please. Uh, Mr. Wally, I'd like to know what kind of a government you envision the rebels, or are they the Mujahideen coming out of Pakistan into Afghanistan? What would they, what kind of a government would they establish if they took... Excuse me, sir, could you turn your radio down? Okay, turn it down, okay. okay. we'll wait. Uh, I'd like to know, are all the people, uh, Muslim, uh, the Muslim religion in Afghanistan, are they some atheists, are they some who do not worry about religion too much? I, I fear that if the rebels took over, if Russia pulled out, you would have a, a puppet government of the United States. I, I just fear it's going to be one or the other, you know? Uh, uh this is a very good question. As I mentioned before, the fighting for Afghanistan is for the self-determination of Afghanistan. And Afghanistan will keep the relation normal between uh, uh, in that region. Uh, and uh, we would not be the puppet of any other country. Therefore, we are fighting in uh, sacrificing thousands of thousands of people uh, every day for the independence and self-determination of Afghanistan, and we will have a democratic government for the Afghan nation, not for any other. I think else. that what Ataz is, is also saying is that, out of necessity, I think Afghanistan would have to to take the same stance as India I takes. I feel that they just couldn't put, push Russia any further. They have so much trouble on their borders from nations which are being manipulated by the United States. They just couldn't take it any longer. They determined not to. Uh, yeah, for fear, for out of fear, I guess they determined not to let. Afghanistan being manipulated by uh, uh, rebels, which have backing from the uh, United States. That's, that's what I feel. Yeah, admittedly, there is yeah, a. I realize it's not nice. There are always hot spots in 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 the in the world, and Afghanistan is is certainly uh, certainly one of them. Uh, but I really I I think that uh, the country, what Atta is trying to say is that Afghanistan wants to stand independent, independent of any nation, of any puppets, so on and so forth. And uh, fanatics, maybe. Wally or people he knows are intellectuals, they would be killed then by the religious fanatics, like in uh, uh, Iran, you know? Well, this is no. a, yeah, I, I, I think that um, we'll, have to go, we'll have to go to the next question. Uh, we, we do thank you for calling in. Wish him lots of luck in raising money for the uh, refugees. Well, thank, thank you, you very much. Please come out if you can. <laughs> thank you very much. Goodbye now. This is WBAI Radio. You're on the air. Hello. Hello. Yes, I would uh, like for you to kindly... Um, differentiate for me what is is if there's any difference between receiving aid or weapons and receiving mercenary help from the CIA or the KGB from Russia. Okay, uh, I'm afraid that we can't really 
address that question. What we're trying to do here is is uh, is raise money through for humanitarian means. We're not interested in uh, in raising money for, for for weapons or to change the the. We're interested in the politics in Afghanistan, but we, our object as the World Music Institute and as presenters of this concert is to raise money that will go to di direct relief of the refugees. And that I, I want to say that again. I understand that everyone has concerns about pol the politics in the CIA and Russia and the United States, but our object in presenting this concert on Friday night is to raise monies that will directly... Uh, translate into food, clothing, shelter, and and medical supplies for the refugees. Well, okay. Uh, what you're trying to do is you're trying to put like a band-aid on the wound. Well, the, the right, you're not trying to solve the problem. No. Well, well, I we are not in a position to solve the problem. Is what we're saying. I mean, certainly you should make your voice heard mm -hmm. uh, to your government, and as we all do, and as citizens, uh, we all will. Uh, but our object for this, this concert series is to raise money for relief of the Afghan refugees for those people who are suffering and cannot take care of themselves. And you're right, it is a band-aid on the wound. I wish it could be uh, something bigger, but it's probably the very smallest band-aid you could find. Because I'm sure that the refugee problem is a direct uh, outcome of, of the uh, CIA's uh, contributions. Uh, as an, uh, I would like to say that... Uh, the assistance that the refugee receive is from the humanitarian organization all over the world, not uh, CIA. And uh, uh, therefore, it, it should differentiate that the Afghanistan causes a humanitarian cause. It's supported by the uh, humanitarian organization around the world. And as uh, they mentioned, that you as a uh, private citizen of this country, you could uh, call up on your government, which this government is... Uh, supported by the people democratic uh, uh, nation so you should ask your government to help the afghanistan cause we have not received as much as we expected uh -huh. may we take another call please this is wbai radio you're on the air hi i'm calling to say that i appreciate your program a lot and i want to congratulate uh, your organization and i feel tremendous um pain hearing these horrible people call up and imply that Afghan people don't have the right to um, aid when these same people would donate everything to countries that they thought were being oppressed by the United States. And it makes me sick and it makes me horrified that they keep qualifying and that you have to apologize for, or you're put in the, in the position where you have to apologize for trying to, to aid a country where children are being killed by deadly toys, toys that blow up in their hands, where crops are being burned systematically. And these people are talking about the imaginary CIA. It's not the CIA that's doing that. It's Russia. I appreciate your sentiment. Thank you very much for clarifying that. And I would like to now go back to a little bit of, of music. I, I urge you to get on our mailing list so that you can come to our other events. And uh, our number at the World Music Institute is 206-1050. Uh, thanks again for calling in. That's a great help to us. And now we're going back to Omar Shakib, who lives in, in Queens, his music, and uh, followed by a song by his wife, Parisa Marsal.
Here comes the host intro. Ahmad Wali is one of Afghanistan's most popular singers. Forced into exile six years ago by the Soviet invasion, he now makes his home in West Germany. To help raise money for the three million Afghan refugees currently in Pakistan, Wali is this month making his first tour of the United States and beginning in New York is appearing in the three largest Afghan communities. The tour is being produced by New York's World Music Institute and reporter Steve Robinson was in New York for the first concert.
News of Ahmad Wali's first New York concert spread quickly through the Afghan community here. It was held this past Friday in Flushing, Queens, at the Colden Center for the Arts at Queens College, and an overflow crowd was on hand to greet Wali. Fueling the exuberant mood of the audience was the fact that the concert coincided with the Afghan-Persian New Year, which is called Nowruz. The 38-year-old Wali has been a professional singer since he was 19 when he recorded his first song in Kabul. He began his formal studies while in high school and worked with some of the masters of Afghan music. Wali, dressed in a traditional flowing white blouse embroidered with white silk, talked about the history of Afghan music. His comments were translated by Mark Ginsberg, the co-producer of this concert tour and an expert on Afghan music and culture. I feel the music of Afghanistan is divided into three main areas. One is the classic music, the other is ghazal, and the other is the folklore music. The ghazal is a form which is taken from Persian poetry. The great Persian poets I sing are Hafiz, Bedil, and Rumi, which are known to people here also through their spiritual writings. Um, I take these texts and I set them to music. They serve as my lyrics, primarily. The ghazal is immensely popular in Afghanistan, Pakistan, and North India. Traditional ghazals draw on the great Persian mystical poets of the 9th to 13th centuries, but ghazal singers perform contemporary songs as well. These songs speak about many different things. They speak about the love of the country, the love of our landscape, which is very beautiful, and also we speak about um, the freedom of our country and our songs. in the countries of the Middle East is a story of continuous cross-cultural exchange and Wally's years of study with some of the elders of Afghan music has made him sensitive to that history. In order to answer uh, the talk about the Afghan music tradition, it's very difficult without mentioning India because so many of the instruments we have in common with India, I would say that Perhaps the music might have even begun in Afghanistan. These instruments were then taken along with the musical styles by the Mughals when they went further down below Afghanistan into the territories which are now India. These instruments were altered by Indian musicians and then brought back to Afghanistan in their modified form. The instruments brought by Wali on this trip are those used most commonly in Kabul. They are the harmonium, an instrument brought to northern India by European missionaries, the tabla drums, and the string tambora. factor in much of this music, as in other parts of the Middle East and Central Asia, is the radio. Radio Kabul broadcasts Afghan, Pakistani, and Indian popular music and has developed its own orchestra to present regional folk music in a homogenous style. In this way, people throughout Afghanistan become acquainted with major singers such as Ahmad Wali. <laughs> 
I would say that people do listen to my music in, in all parts of Afghanistan when I used to perform there. I gave concerts in Mazari Sharif, in Jalalabad, in Kandahar, all over, and many people came to the concerts. One of the reasons was because I sang in both Pashto and Dari, Dari being uh, similar to Farsi, which is spoken in Iran. Although Dari is, is a little bit older than Farsi, Pashto is also a language of certain main regions of Afghanistan too, and I sing in both languages, and all people can understand my music there. While Lee's appearance created tremendous excitement in the Afghan community, one local ticket outlet, a butcher shop, sold $7,000 worth of tickets, and 1,200 people attended the concert. That's one-fifth of the estimated 6,000 Afghans living in New York. Ahmad Wali has performed in Los Angeles on this tour, and on Friday, April 3rd, will appear at the T.C. Williams High School in Alexandria, Virginia. For a performance today, this is Steve Robinson in New York. Yeah, I'm on the other